Uh, let's talk to David Lightman and wrap up a crazy week. What a crazy day uh, for us here on Brian and Company. David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, fine, fine. It's supposed to hit 70 here today. Oh, so uh, it's just, I'm, I'm, it's brutal. crazy. It's brutal. I mean, for me, yeah. it's like if it's going to be winter, let's just have winter. But in D.C., I don't like you guys having snow. You can't handle it. So, Well, last week at this time, yeah, we were getting clobbered. I yeah. mean, we had, what, uh, four inches on top of four? We had like eight inches of snow on the ground last Get week. Get out. That's like more than we had. Yeah. No, four. We had two four-inch snowstorms. And, uh. Now, like I say, it's, it's foggy, but uh, the rain's over and it's supposed to hit 70 today. So listen, um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, where to start? I, you know, I, I'm sort of uh, ca- not captivated, but it's capturing my attention. Trump's really trying to push Haley out, uh, mm-hmm. threatening donors or blackballing them. And, and really, I don't know, he seems to just really be annoyed that she hasn't stepped out. And I don't know if there's any insight on that. Yeah, I mean, there's still a... a dwindling core of Republicans who would would like to see some alternative to Trump. Uh, they're falling. People are falling in line, but they're still, and you see it at the Capitol, uh, a lot of them won't let us name them, that sort of thing. Uh, but they keep hoping against hope that somehow uh, she survives South Carolina February 24th, and then the big one. You have 14 states voting on March 5th, including California, Michigan, a bunch of other ones. And they're hoping, you know, somehow she does well there. But no, <laughs> I mean, right now the polls are saying she's going to get clobbered in South Carolina. That's her home state. Yeah, uh, do you think she'll uh, stick around for it? I, you know, I'm fifty-fifty on that. You don't want to be embarrassed, right? Uh, and you, you don't want to become one of these people who has the mark of a loser because she's still young enough that she can come back in 2028. She knows how to play the game. Now she knows where to raise the money. In other words, she knows all the ropes kind of like Ted Cruz and uh, Marco Rubio, who are both in their early fifties now, but they learned from 2016 in their failed campaigns. And you notice they're being, you know, good guys. Now they're going with the flow, they're supporting Trump. Well, they can run in 2028. They'll still be in their fifties. So will she. So you have to keep that in mind. Yeah, that's a very, really uh, fair point. I guess Rubio and 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 Cruz seem a little bit, um, I don't know, shiftier. Um, and but we'll see what kind of backbone she has in terms of standing up to to Trump and what the legacy will be when he's no longer running. Uh, in terms of the Senate, you know, with whether it's you know Ukraine, Israel, all this other stuff, oh, what, what what what? Just get us up to speed on what's actually happening. Yeah, I spent more time this week waiting for this deal to be done. Um, you had the same three key senators, Langford from Oklahoma, Chris Murphy from Connecticut, and Kristen Sinema from Arizona, trying mightily to broker some kind of deal that would combine border security, aid to Israel, aid to Ukraine, and so forth. They keep coming so close, but it's always one more thing. Um, it looked like Wednesday that the deal was off because Mitch McConnell, Senate Republican leader, uh, told the Republicans in a closed-door meeting that, you know, this is going nowhere, and and McConnell's been a big supporter of these negotiations. But then yesterday, he seemed to back off that a little bit. So the last we heard when they left yesterday was that they're going to work through the weekend, and Murphy is trying so hard to get a deal. Uh, he really is. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out, but even if they get a deal and they put it on the Senate floor next week, still has to clear the House. And the House, uh, dominated by Republicans who are just adamant 
that they want tougher border security measures. So it's all a work in progress. It's the business of legislating, and I suspect you and I will be talking about this well into March and April and May. I don't understand why the Biden just doesn't admit, you know, acknowledge, like, okay, let's get tougher stuff on the border. I mean, it's he's got to run for president, and, 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 and people in both parties are like, what's we're not doing the right stuff here. So I, I don't know why he doesn't just cave on that. But um, I, I don't know. Do you have something you want to add on that before I get to the next well, topic? Yeah, his 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 supporters would say he has, you know, he has given. I think if you if you got Murphy on your program, he'd probably tell you that. In fact, they've made concessions. Uh, there's all kinds of interesting politics being played here. You know, there is a theory out there: Republicans don't want a deal; they'd rather have the issue. Yeah, to well, run that, around for the next eight months and scream that Biden's not doing anything. I think that that's a really, I mean, especially you can sort of see that. Um, in the Senate, uh, and there's no doubt about it. We're talking with David Leibman from McClatchy, D.C. The other thing that's really, I found through the listening to all the comments of of voters in New Hampshire, especially young voters, young voters are souring on Biden because they're mad about Gaza, right? And and yep. and I understand the criticism. What's happening there? It, I, I I think that uh, no matter where you stand, the the bloodshed and destruction in Gaza is troubling. But they, where do they go? Because they don't go to Trump because he's even more pro-Israel than Biden. So right. if that voter truly is disgruntled, what, do they go to RFK? Do they sit out? Like, what happens? <laughs> well, the fear among Democrats is they sit out. Yeah. I mean, that's happened many, many times. Um, you got to remember, and, and this was taught to me a million years ago when I got into this political business, is that a primary vote is much different than a general election vote. Because a primary vote, you're really not electing anybody to office. Right. It's arguably you're expressing what you think. OK, so the fact that, you know, you're not voting for Biden because of Gaza. Well, Biden's still going to be the president. But come November, it's a different story. Then you are actually picking a president. And what you get in a lot of these elections are people will not tell you they're for Trump, they're for Biden. But they'll go in there and they'll hold their nose and say, God, I can't stomach the idea of yeah. picking you know, Trump slash Biden being president. Um, this happened in 2016. I think you and I have talked about this. I, I interviewed a zillion people uh, in some of these swing states back then who would say, well, you know, I don't like Hillary Clinton. and Here's the reasons why. But they wouldn't say they were for Trump. Then they but voted they for Trump. The booth. They voted exactly. for Trump. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I wonder if you're going to have the reverse of that this time. Like the hidden Biden vote? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. we'll see. We'll certainly I see. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. We got to run. Uh, David, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the seventy degree weather. I hope the cherry blossoms don't don't take the hint. I hope they stay stay down. Nah, it'll be forty by Nick by Sunday. All right. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Pleasure. Thanks. All right. David Lightman with Clatchy DC. Every Friday we put a cap on the week.